Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. Coaches, the Jamoti Podcast is powered by Bology. Manage and measure your players' skill development and increase accountability year-round utilizing the Bology app. Boost inter-squad competition with drills backed by the National High School Basketball Coaches Association, including a 40-shot Bology skills assessment. Please visit Bology.com teams for information on how you can provide this resource for your team. Man, really appreciate you sharing that, your story, your journey to get to where you are. It's really cool to see the path and, and how you always wanted to be here, how your family's there. And one thing that jumped out at me, and and I wrote this down is that you, early on you didn't care about what you're asked to do. You're willing to do anything, yep. I, and I think it's a great attribute to have for our our players. And and really, I don't care what level you get to, but if you can keep, hold on to that mentality of I'm not too big or I'm not too important to do any job that's necessary, you know, where I work it, within our program. I would imagine that that mentality you had to write those letters, to get on somewhere, to and for years to really, like you said, you're a glorified manager. That's what you felt like. And but to have the mentality of I don't care, I'll do it with excellence and the best. I would imagine that's kind of created, you know, the person that you are today. There's no doubt. You know, when I when I took that Oklahoma City job and I, I told you October 15th, I mean, the date is crazy in itself. And I don't advise anybody to take it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when I got hired, there was two part time assistants there. And because uh, I got so, there late, you know, they got retained, but they were truly part time assistants. They both had jobs. Uh, they were really only there for practice. And so I remember we're about halfway through the season and it's after practice. And I always, uh, after practice, I always hang around and I'm in the locker room and, uh, you know, to me again, it's, it's about relationships. So, you know, I'm, I'm then there cutting up with the players and everything else. But I remember I'm pushing the laundry cart, you know, into the laundry room to do the laundry because we didn't have managers, you know, and I didn't have any assistants. There were two part-time guys and they had to take off to go to work. And so, you know, I did the laundry every day. And so we're about halfway through the season that year. And, you know, I'm a head coach. I'm a 30-year head coach and uh, or 30-year-old head coach. And I pushed the laundry in, uh, into the laundry room and they walked by and they stopped. And they said, Coach, you're doing the laundry? And I just laughed. And I said, well, how do you think it's been getting done? Who do you think has been doing it? <laughs> you know? <And> Magic. So, <laughs> you, know, you know, I didn't care. To me, it was. I thought it was so awesome that I was a college head coach, you yeah. know, and so I don't care what I had to do. I knew I was going to do anything in my power to be successful. And to me, if that, that means doing the laundry, then I'm going to do the laundry. You know, it, it, I didn't care at that stage. It was, hey, what can I do to help my team be successful? What can I do to help my players be successful? And, you know, if part of that's doing the laundry, then great. I'm going to do the laundry. I, I, I didn't care because to me, uh, you know, I'm going to do anything in my power. And I've just always been like that since I started in this business. And to this day, and you know, I want people that understand that is, uh, you know, you should you should be willing to do whatever to help a team. You know, we tell our players that all the time. So why wouldn't we do the same as coaches then? You know, why wouldn't we be willing to sweep the floor when it needs uh, to be swept and, you know, wipe sweat spots off the floor when it needs to be wiped up? Why wouldn't we be willing to do uh, the same things if we're asking so much of our players? I love that appreciation that you have for for coaching. I feel I feel that way too. 
you know, being at a, a small private school in Dallas, Fort Worth, I just love the fact that I get to go out to second period athletics. We only get 43 minutes a day, which I'm actually very thankful for that. There's a lot of places that don't have an athletic period, you know, so having that attitude of gratitude for what you have, understanding that somewhere, some somewhere, some other place, someone else has it worse, right? Or they wish they had what we had. But I, I get that same feeling when I go out to second period athletics with these guys is I, I just can't believe I get to do this. I don't think it matters the level that you're at or the type of players, whether they're college or high school, high school players like mine, that none of them really, most of them don't have aspirations to play. I think the that's the goal is for us not to lose that love and appreciation for what we do. I tell our guys and, you know, my, my, my staff, this is, I, I think I'm at the best place there is. I mean, I, there's not another school like to me, you know, and I, when I was at Northwestern, I treated Northwestern like it's Duke. You know, when I was at Oklahoma City, I treated North Oklahoma City like it was Duke. And to me, you know, when I walk up to our gym every day, I'm just in amazement of this place that, <clears throat> one, I made it here. You know, that's the one thing. But two, just <laughs> how great a place this is. Yeah. And, you know, I've told my staff, if I ever lose that feeling when I'm walking up to our arena every day, then I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. But Because that's what it's been for me is, you know, when I when I walk into the arena that I'm working at or the gym that I'm working at or whatever, it's, you know, I'm proud to be at the place that I'm at. And I think, you know, I tell guys this all the time, you got to be where you're at. And we tell our people, you know, our players, our staff, we want to pour into the university. You know, I want to do everything we can. And so for me, the fact that, you know, it's still like a shiny new toy for me walking into our gym every day, you know, because that's how it was. And you could probably remember when you first got that job, how fired up you are. And and I want to hold on to that feeling because I think that's the feeling that makes you work that hard is, you know, you worked that hard to get to where you're at. Well, why are you going to stop now? Why are you going to stop that work now? Shouldn't you work even harder now that you got what you've actually been wanting to get for so long? And, uh, you know, that's what I want from, from our players as well is, you know, you've, you've worked however long, you know, since you were a kid to get an opportunity to play college basketball. Yeah. So now why would all of a sudden you not work as hard? Why would you not spend the time in the gym getting shots up? Why would you not uh, work as hard as you can in the weight room when it's time to put into the weight room? You know, why would you shortcut yourself now all of a sudden when you've put in years of work to get to where you're at? You know, because not very many kids at our level, uh, a lot of times are they getting here just because of talent. There had to be some work ethic there. Uh, to get to where they're at right now. And and for me, you know, those are things I try to help remind our guys is to, you know, we want our guys in the gym, put in the work, you know, and put in, you know, and you've heard so many cliches and I, you know, I've listened to your podcast and I, I hear really sharp coaches and smart coaches and, and uh, you know, they quote all these people and coaches and, and I'm just not one of those guys. I don't have a bunch of uh, neat coaches. You know, I don't, I don't have a hashtag or anything like that. You know, I've just, I'm not that person, you know, for me, uh, we tell our guys like, there's two things that's important to me, and they were the same things that were important to Rick Cooper when I was working for him uh, all those years ago at West Texas A&M, and it was, you're going to play hard, and you're going to play hard while you're tired. And if we can figure out how to do those two things, and I always tell them, hey, that second thing, it's going to take you some time to figure that out. Mm. If we can figure those things out as players, then I'll get out of you what I need to get out of you as a player. Uh, you know, there's so much more that goes into it. Uh, you know, and I know we're going to talk about some other things too here uh, in a bit as well. But you know, to me, 
you got to have that drive and that work ethic. You know, and we ask that in recruiting. Like, I'll ask coaches uh, when we're getting guys, and I don't care if they're portal guys, high school guys, junior college guys, like, you know, how much are they in the gym? You know, do they get shots up? You know, are you having to drag them to the gym? Because if I got to motivate them to do those things, then I'm probably not the right coach, you know, for those kids. Because I need guys that are going to be in the gym. I want to hear the ball bouncing, you know, in in the gym, knowing people are getting work up, knowing people want to do their part to help our team succeed. Because I know I'm going to do my part as a coach. I think you're a great example of the fact that you don't have to have a great or a long player's resume to be a a great coach and, and to move up and to get to higher levels. Because I think one, I think that's what a lot of people think is for you to become a great coach, you need to have this playing career to fall to to think back on all his experiences. But I think there's a misconception there that great players or people that have played are instantly great coaches. I think you see it all the time where maybe there's even more of a disconnect between guys that have played, you know, at high levels, almost like they don't understand or they can't even put themselves in their players' shoes. Uh, they don't have that um, understanding, I guess. But I love the fact that you you really do show that if you love the game and you're willing to work hard, man, you can make this happen. I would imagine, and you kind of alluded to it a little bit with the kind of guys you look for and what the questions you ask with recruiting, but that your your story, your journey really affects the culture of your program. And so in your opinion, how does culture drive performance? But also I'd love for you to go into a little bit of what yours is like. You know, I, uh, culture, and you hear so many people say it's such a, such a buzzword. And I don't really use the word culture in our, in our, yeah. life, you know, and I think you got to have a standard and I think you got to have expectations. And then I think you got to hold kids accountable to that. Um, but the, but the question I always want answered and want known is when someone watches my team play you know what do they think of that team Mm. and what do they see because that's to me really what culture is you know and and before I you know keep diving into that and I'm going to tell you just you know over the years how I've formulated some thoughts and stuff with just various experiences but uh, I remember when I was an assistant we were on the road in Colorado playing a D2 school and we had a brand new team, we had a bunch of new guys that year. And it's one of, you know, it's opening weekend classic that we're in. And and we have a kid take a charge, big play, fast break. He takes a charge, uh, slides into the backstop, you know, as he took the charge. Official actually made the correct call, uh, which was good, you know, because we don't, we don't see that all the time. But uh, on the film, when we went back and we we're watching the tape, he takes the charge and our four players are walking away from him. And three players from the other team help him up, help our own player up. And I just remember being so frustrated watching that because in my head, and, and and when I showed it to our head coach, he felt the same way as, you know, what kind of team are we right now that, uh, you know, our own players aren't even, one, they're not celebrating success because mm-hmm. that was a charge is a big time play in college basketball. And I mean, I don't care what level it is, a yeah. charge is a big time play. But two, we don't have players running over there and picking their own teammate up. And so, you know, when someone sees our team play, that's, you know, what are they seeing? You know, and on that day, they didn't see probably what we had envisioned as a staff, our team to be. So what what was our culture that day? 
you know, and I, I don't know the answer to that. And so, but we knew we had to fix it at that stage. You know, we, we knew we had something to fix. And so, you know, now that I've, I've gotten older and I, and I use that as an example now is that's what it makes me think, what do I want people to see when they see our team play? You know, and to me, it starts with a culture of toughness. You know, I want people to think our teams are tough and, you know, they're only going to see the things on the court right now, but if they're tough on the floor, you know, I want them to be tough-minded people because adversity is going to hit even in life. And so are they, are they going to be tough in life as well? And so, you know, we, we talk about toughness. And so I'll, I'll use the word, because since you used it, I'll, I'll use it as, as, you know, we want a culture of toughness to start. I want tough Coach, people. first of all, I'm going to cut you off right there. I don't really enjoy the word culture either. I, I, and, and there's a legendary coach from Coach Fitch. He was at Birdville High School for 30 years, retired. And I asked him the question. He's like, he's like, you know, 15, 20 years ago, we didn't even use that word, but it's always been there. Like it's always been around. And so I also would rather say standards, pillars, the way that we show up every day. So, coach, I don't want you to be throwing that word at me like I'm the one who loves that word. <laughs> <laughs> I was say that's really um, but, you know, so to me, it starts with a culture of, of toughness. Yeah. And, uh, I want my team to be the toughest team on the floor, you know, physically and mentally. Like I, I want us to be tough and, and we define that. I think you have to be able to define it. You have to hold kids accountable to that. Uh, today's our first day of class here today. And, uh, you know, we, we met last night in the locker room and we had a quick meeting again today. And, uh, you know, I'm talking and trying to get them ready because we can't start until the fourth class day. And, you know, when we start, I'm I'm trying to get our returners because uh, this is my second year here now yeah. to help teach our new guys. And, you know, last year, because everybody's new, my staff is new, my players are new. So I'm having to teach everything. So now I'm going, holy cow, I got, you know, 10 assistant coaches now because I got returners that can help teach it. But, you know, to me, I don't allow guys to grab their knees in practice. Because to me, it shows a sign of weakness and, uh, you know, someone being tired. And to me, it's mental, like it's mental toughness, just not grabbing your knees. And so if a guy grabs their knees in practice, then we'll just get on the line because I'll say, well, we must not be in good enough shape, uh, you know, at that stage. And so early our returners will help police uh, our new guys, you know, for that. But that just to me, it's I think you got to have small things like that that can help define it as well, besides just things that you talk about. Uh, as well. You know, I want a culture of unselfishness. You know, we we like moving the ball. I want to share the basketball. Okay, well, that's unselfishness. All right, well, if you help your teammate up when he's on the ground, that's being unselfish. Uh, we were fourth in the country last year in community service. That's unselfish. You know, so when you're talking about culture, I think it's not just the basketball piece of it. It's It's the everything that encompasses a program. You know, mm -hmm. and so we talk about being unselfish. You know, we are talking about giving back to our community because I always tell them, hey, we're going to give back to a community that gives to us. And, you know, the challenge at Angelo State uh, when I got here and it's something Coach Boone told me and something Chris Beard told me the day he called me to congratulate me because he coached here as well um, is attendance. They all talked about attendance. They're like, I, you know, but it's going to be hard. And, you know, it's never been just great and da da da. da. And, and so I, convinced our guys last year, hey, if we give back to the community, if we're unselfish, if we give back and we're in the community and doing, you know, they'll come support you. And I didn't know if they would or wouldn't, you know, but I'm just trying to create the culture then. 
of being unselfish, of giving back. Well, we led the conference in attendance last year, you know, and, and I, don't nice. know, I don't know if it was the first time ever or first time in a long time, but we led the league in attendance. And I truly felt that because our guys gave back to the community, the community gave back to us. And so that was a way we could teach unselfishness besides just passing the basketball. You know, yeah. I want to be unselfish. I want to make the extra pass when it's time to make the extra pass. Uh, I want to make the right basketball play when it's time to make the right basketball play. Uh, if you don't, you're going to hear about it and we're going to correct it because that goes back to accountability uh, when you're creating that culture. And I don't think you can ever let up on that stuff. You yeah. know? And, and that's the hard part when you are creating uh, a quote unquote culture is the accountability part. I think there's a lot of good coaches out there and uh, uh, coaches that, Hey, they listen to a bunch of podcasts. They uh, they watch a bunch of tape. They go to clinics, and they're really basketball sharp. But maybe they're not as successful coaching wise. They may know their stuff, but they're they're not getting the success. And to me, are they holding their kids accountable? They know it, but are they making them do it? You know, yeah. and I think accountability goes into that so much. And so for us, you know, we have so many things, and I'm giving you examples of you know grabbing your knees or doing community service and you know, making the extra pass. And those are things we make our guys do. You know, we're going to make you make the extra pass. Uh, we're going to make you, uh, right now, if a kid falls on the ground in our program, uh, you know, like we had our guys, we're very fortunate. And this is part of us being a really good division too, is we were able to have our whole team here for summer too. Hmm. And so when the guys were playing pickup this summer, uh, you know, this was the returners. This, is, this doesn't have to do with me anymore is, when someone fell on the ground and pick up, the whole team goes and picks them up. And if they're not on the court, they still go and get a touch. And uh, and that's something that we started a year ago. But now it's carried on. So I can say, hey, that's part of our culture now uh, because it's carried into it. And, and to me, that's something that's unselfish. You know, we don't allow our guys to challenge our guys negatively or speak to them negatively on the floor. Yeah. So I, we always say, you know, I'm going to be that person. and. So we don't allow them to say things, you know, ridiculous things to each other. I always tell them, like, hey, if your teammate turns it over, you're going to run over, you're going to pat them on the rear, and you're going to say, hey, let's get it back. You know, and if they miss you, uh, you know, on a pass, there's a, there's a right and wrong way to say that. So, you know, we're always trying to help kind of that stuff as well, because I think, to me, when you're talking about being unselfish, the hard thing is putting self aside. And so I may be mad about that turnover that you just had, but if I run over there and pat you on the rear and say, hey, let's get it back, then it goes back to team again. And that helps that kid understand, okay, I don't need to focus on the bad play. And then it also helps a kid shake it too, you know, like a kid that just turned it over or a kid that uh, maybe airballed a shot or whatever it might be or, or made a really bad play. Uh, you know, just hearing his teammates say, hey, you're okay, goes a long ways. And yeah. I think those are selfish acts. And so, you know, those are kind of things – uh, that we do. And, and, you know, it's one of the things I said, uh, you know, when I took this job and I interviewed for this job and then I did the press conference and I heard uh, Coach Wells, that's the former football coach at Texas Tech. And I'm I'm a Texas Tech grad, so I'm a huge tech football fan. <laughs> oh, you're from Baylor. So sorry. We stole your coordinator. It's OK. It's I, believe, okay. I don't know if you follow him or not. Unbelievable. I love him. But anyways, uh, Matt Wells said, hey, we're going to love our guys hard. And that's what we do in our program, you know, and to me, that's also the accountability part. I mean, we coach our guys hard, we push them, we challenge them, but we have a relationship with them. You know, our guys know, hey, we're going to love on them. 
you know, uh, and we're going to take care of them. We're going to we're going to be in the locker room cutting up with them after a hard practice. And and I try to get guys to understand, hey, when practice is over, man, it's over. I'm done, too. You know, and I, I don't carry it with me and I try not to carry it with me. I try to just leave it in practice yeah. because it's hard time to fix stuff, you know. And and so when when we're talking culture, you know, I can't go around and be mad at a kid all day if I'm talking about being unselfish to them. You know, I got to be able to put self aside because now I got to go back to being a leader. You know, I got to go back to being a coach, being someone that loves them, being someone that helps them uh, in that. So uh, I think a lot of it goes back on us, too, is like if you want that culture to be a certain way, then you and your staff have to be that certain way. You know, you can't say you want certain things in that locker room, but then you're doing something differently as a coach. And I think you see that from time to time with with certain coaches, you know, it's if I wanted to be really good at defense, I can't just say, hey, Matt, we're going to be really good in defense and then never work on it and just do shooting fields all day. You know, it's just not going <laughs> to. What are we doing to work on it? You know, yeah. what are we doing? And, and so that's where to me, when you set standards, when you have expectations, but then you hold them accountable. I think those are things that help build culture. And then that culture bleeds on the floor. And so when you watch our team on game night, if you see a guy hit the floor, you're seeing four guys sprint over and pick them up on game night. You know, you're seeing if someone makes a big play, the bench and everybody else is celebrating success, you know, and, and part of the question of how do you create that? You know, what do you do to create that? You know, that, that's probably the part B of this question. Sure. That you hadn't. And, and, you know, when I was at Northwestern, I told you we took over an eight win team, but I mean, the previous coach had won 20 games the year before. So, in my mind, I said, hey, it can be done. Somebody's done it here before. And so, you know, now you're taking over an eight-win team, and then we win 10, uh, and we had to keep that team, and we brought in a few players, and we go from eight to 10, uh, which was the lowest I'd ever won. So that was hard for me too. But, okay, now how do you create that culture that you're trying to create? What do you do? Uh, these kids haven't won. And so when we built that team to win 20 games my last year, and we had to recruit all those players, Okay, we recruited guys from winning programs because I think teaching how to win is very difficult sometimes to kids as opposed to getting kids from winning programs that have already been taught those things. We got that. But then when we were in our preseason, now you're going to laugh at this. Uh, that year, every Friday in our preseason, we celebrated success. We went in the locker room like we had won and we started saying we're going to win the week and then we're going to celebrate that on Friday. So Friday in the preseason, we put the music on and we celebrated like we had just won a game on Friday. And I was trying to get them to understand the feeling and how it felt, uh, you know, to find success and what it was like to be a good team and what it was like to be rewarded for the hard work that you put in for that week of preseason. Because it may have been a really hard week in the preseason, but OK, let's go celebrate it now. You know, you made it. Let's celebrate it. And, uh, you know, and I think that we talk about that all the time. I think you hear a lot of coaches say celebrate success uh, and they talk about it. But again, I, I'm one of those. Well, let's figure out how we can get. Yeah, some let's practice it. Yeah. yeah. Do it. So we did that there. And, uh, you know, so I wasn't shocked when we won 20 games that year because I thought we did the things uh, to do it. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti Podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.